we tried to make bands at school dances happen and we played a birthday party <laughs> and then you know promptly broke up this is champagne is also a band podcast one songwriter one song i'm sven your host for a journey into the music of champagne or band Recorded in the Blue Box studio with the songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to part two of episode 64. Sometimes I have some interviews that go on a little bit long, or they don't necessarily fit with the line of the podcast, but sometimes some cool things are said, and I just thought Luke has said some pretty cool things, and you deserve, you, the listener, deserve to experience those extra conversations that we have. And so, without further ado, let's hear those parts. So our first part is, I'm talking with Luke, and, um, okay, so the first part is, I'm sitting down with Luke to go over a few things, I'm listing off some of the bands, and so he gives a little bit of a background to the bands that he was in, that I list. Um, so, uh, one of the things I meant to ask, so, uh, Yarn... The Fratics. Um, <laughs> I really, I really should not have been so comprehensive when uh, I. Uh, I, can, I can take out anything. No, 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 no. It's. It, I, I don't mean in. Um, it's just funny hearing that name out loud. Like Yarn was literally the band that my friends and I started when we we're thirteen years old. After I had gotten my first drum set and had been playing for like conservatively like six months okay <laughs> and it was gotcha. and it was yarn with an anarchy symbol for an a <laughs> and it was the most 1996 shit that you could oh ever God. have it was just like a bunch of kids that loved Soundgarden and silver chair and uh, nirvana oh yeah trying to play like that yeah i could i get that so it was awful um, <laughs> so it's exhale, look down, mm -hmm. mitten, mm -hmm. uh, take care, Anna Karina, um, Anna Karenina, Anna Karina, Withershins, book meal, uh, birthmark. Do you want to include that or no? I don't know if I sh should I. It, it, it's weird. It's just it was like one tour, and I was just kind of a uh, more than hired. I mean, I'm I'm a Nate and I are friends, but he was like, I need a percussionist for mm. this tour. Because gotcha. he writes and records everything himself. Oh, I see. So okay. he, he needs yeah. people to play his songs live. So it's it's one of those. It's it's not even technically a collaboration because I'm just playing what's on the page and right the stuff that you know, like he literally wrote out and I learned. You know, like gotcha. So um, I mean, that's I included it just because it was kind of an it was an important moment. Okay. In touring um, history, but. And a little bit later, it came up again. 
based on the list that I just I just rolled out, I mean, you've been around the block musically and Yeah. I don't I'm not we talked about this earlier. I'm not super sure I should have included my middle school band or my high school <laughs> band. <laughs> but you asked me for all the bands and yep. it, and it goes back 24 years of bands. So nice. There you go. You get you get yarn with an anarchy symbol for an A. <laughs> <laughs> we played a school dance in eighth grade. Oh my gosh. And we played a birthday party. We did the whole round of young bands that don't know what they're doing gigs, which school like almost like a like a John Hughes movie or something of like we tried to make bands at school dances happen. And we played a birthday party. Nice. <laughs> and then, you know, promptly broke up. And here's a little extra on the improvisational qualities that Luke wanted to impart with Heads Up. Um, speak for the other guys, but the way I've always approached it is conceptual. So I, these are the things that I want to hear and I don't know how to get those things. So you have to work on, but it starts with the concept and then you build from there. Right. So, it, it, but there's a point where if you want to do it this way, like you train how to play things the quote unquote right way or whatever, and, and how to build a song. It's like, oh, you do this, 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 and this, or you stop and you just free it. You free, you have all the skill sets and, and that's the thing. Like a lot of great noise musicians, a lot of great, uh, improv musicians, learned how to do it the standard way and then they disconnected they deconstructed they separated their logical brain from their just impulses and so they have the skill and then if you stop thinking about it you can just like you tap into something that isn't like more real but it taps into something more almost more honest mm. um and that's why I, I like uh, like stream of consciousness writing at times just to get ideas going. But I also like super structured stuff. So yeah. I, I come from like a very almost mathy technical musical background. But then also was in like marathon, which was the exact opposite of that. It was a lot of it right. was improvised. And we played shows where we hadn't where there's 14 people on stage. And for some of that set, we had no idea what we were going to do. Um, or like there would just be the three of us in a basement and we're like, fuck it, let's just play. And right. like some of it was absolutely terrible. Like mm. unlistenable dreck. Uh, um, some, some friends of mine would be like, that was the best show. And like I would leave that basement. Like Karthik would be there and he would be like, that was fucking great, man. And that's not yeah. how Karthik talks. Yeah, no, I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he would be like, that was great. And I was like, the whole time I was like, ah, I never really felt, it. I never really got there. I was too in my head or something. Yeah. Um, and then there are other times where he was like, no, really, that, that actually was great. Uh -huh. And it's the times where it was less in my head. But that's yeah. improv. And I, and I love, I love that. I think r improvisational writing is such a perfect expression you can anyone can do it you just i had this great eighth grade 
English teacher that had us free write every Friday for 15 mm. minutes and graded us positively on just writing. I, I also right. had a massive crush on her. She introduced me to a bunch of novels. I was a, a, a bookie kid. Yeah. And I, I like free writing has always been a part of the process ever since. So cool. And here's a little bit about getting back out after the pandemic and seeing a great show at the Rose Bowl. I ran into a friend at the, um, uh, at like a Rose Bowl, like Mary Travelers and Tractor Kings show. Uh, that was the first show I've seen since quarantine in real life. I like hearing live music, hearing loud drums and guitars. And I, I mean, it's more that Americana tip. I, I'm really looking forward to the moment of like insane fuck you punk or like stoner like amplifier worship stuff because i'm just gonna lose my goddamn mind but like just hearing like live songs and the in all of the stuff that comes with live performance of like oh things kind of go wrong things are weird there's a lot of communication there's magic that happens there like, but being, being in the crowd, we're all just trying to navigate it. I'm trying to be as casual as possible. Like, well, well also like I saw a friend and some friends are like more comfortable with the hugs and we hugged for too long, you know, like, and then there, I ran into another buddy that just gave me the elbow bump and I was like, that's where you're at. That's fine. Like it's, it's everyone everyone has to react well they you don't have to do shit but everyone that wants to is going to reacclimate in their own way and at their own pace and you shouldn't be forced to do stuff you don't want to do right. and but there is that moment where you're like start to your heart starts to go a little bit you start to breathe a little more shallow and you get quiet i was super quiet at that rose bowl show uh-huh. and as you can fucking tell from this interview i am not quiet <laughs> right i have a my i have a big boom boom voice and i talk a lot and i love chat with people yeah i'm impossible i leave the party last every fucking time and <laughs> and this quarantine has really ex- has really punctuated the fact that i am an extreme extrovert and mm. that i like started to really kind of lose a grip on my personal well-being and sanity by being um by not having lots of people in my life i need lots of people but luckily it's my wife and i and we're in our home and we get to hunker down and i had uh, i took i was a caretaker for my grandparents for most of quarantine and I, i got to be with my uncles and stuff but i need people i need social interact i need to go to a bar and walk down the aisle and talk to everyone that i know like it's a big part of my personal happiness. So uh. to see this starting to come back is just, I mean, I, I feel elated, but I was uh. weirdly quiet at that show because I was just like soaking it all in. Yeah. It's like this live music. I just want to hear every note. Like people are chatting during the songs and I was just like, 
I haven't seen Jake and the Tractor Kings in a long time, and my and Aaron and Josh Lucas is playing drums with them now, and I hadn't seen that yet, and I was like, yeah. oh my god, I, I these are all people I love, and I want to hear everything they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And now the dangers of being a tall person at a basement show, and then we talk about COVID. There's like the amount of times I've hit my head on beams for the longest time <laughs> excuse me shit yeah. fucking cores light burps um for the longest time the i mean the, i've played a million basement shows but for the longest time those were the practice spaces that were had offered it was one basement to another basement to another basement yeah. and the amount of times i've hit the top of my head on low beams mm. and ducks and light bulbs i shattered a light bulb once with my head at yeah. the green street house like seriously stood up weird and misgay like where i was and like smashed an a lit light bulb on the top uh-huh. of my head and it cut the top of my it like it it, it drew blood it, it was uh-huh. scary as fuck you know if you've ever busted a light it just pops oh, yeah. and but also I, I fucking grew up playing in basement shows so it was like ooh, We'd, we'd play shows back in the day where we were like climbing the walls and there's like inches of wa- standing water in those shows and like uh, just total ape shit where we like put amps on crates so we wouldn't be electrocuted and still the show it goes on you know like I uh, my tolerance for that stuff because of aging and because of like having done it so much my tolerance has gone down right but i'm still in love with a basement show right yeah no i i i agree like it i can't fit in as many as i would like to and hopefully those come back um yeah yeah but uh no so i mean i I guess as we progress through what i would like to think of as kind of the tail end of the pandemic course you know fingers crossed on all that but only if enough percentage of the people get vaccinations we can we can have our psa moment here yes in order to prevent variations we need people to the the majority and it looks like even in our community it's only like 33 percent that have that have gotten vaccinated and time slots for vaccines are going empty like that means that people are actively not getting it. So our PSA for Champaign County. True. Because this is the county we live in. Is this Champaign County? Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's um, on the very, very corner. Like yeah. Pyatt and Molt are, are in Douglas. Right. So like. So it's, it's our job to be like, no, seriously, it's your yep. duty. And I, I know it's, it's your choice, but also like, let me encourage you. It, it this only works vaccinations only work if the majority polio would still be around if these kind of numbers right. were being put up like people would still yeah. be suffering from polio so it's like do it i mean so. and there's all these ideas that and i and i'm actually for them i i believe more in incentivizing things than punishing right you know you know like yeah. Punishments for people like myself, punishments actually don't work. Like there's a certain personality type that like the threat of punishment is actually like pushes people into being like, no, fuck you. I do what I want. Yep. Um, 
Oh, I get that. I've always had that personality. Ultimately, like, but incentivizing, I I give everyone 50 bucks. Like it doesn't like money isn't real. Just give people 50 bucks for getting a vaccination. Like it, I, I mean, we can advertise, we can, we can talk like this about it and be like, Hey, fucking do this, like do it because it's for the greater good. Or I can be like, I've got 50 bucks for every person that gets a vaccine, shows me their vaccine card. And then yeah. I'm, I'm not saying this for real. I'm I know. I was like, this. okay, everybody go to Luke, I do not have 50 your- bucks to give you. <laughs> <laughs> and now find out what happens when Luke gets some iced coffee in him. Like inflation happens. And now I'm going, God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sven. <laughs> this has nothing to do with music. Old man shouts at cloud. Oh my god! My my buddy John, a local musician, John McNally, uh, Two Legged Zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, we worked together at the co-op in Urbana okay. for a long time. And poor John, we we worked almost every shift together for a long time, and we're friends. Yeah, but I know there are times where he didn't want to be my friend. <laughs> But it, but like in a loving way, in a like in a old man screams at clouds yeah. way, uh, because I would just get like I would I would drink these like incredible iced coffees, and then just rant. He said he, at one point he actually had a tally of when the first rant was going to happen in our shift. So we start our shift at like nine or 10 uh-huh. and usually by about 1130, the coffee just pours, just is pumping through the veins and we're cooking uh-huh. in the kitchen and it would just be like whatever subject it is. And then it's like a half an hour of this. Yeah. <laughs> and he, and, and it's, it's fun, but I, I also like earlier in the podcast, I acknowledged that, that's not particularly kind either. And how about a shout out? Um, and how about a reference to Stripes? And how about a reference to Stripes? A shout out to Josh. And talking about how insufferable Bill Murray is. But uh, I was going to mention there's a great line in Stripes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where... So... Harold Ramis and Bill Murray. It's uh-huh. a buddy. You've seen Stripes, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But he, it's a it's a line that my friend Joshy John Boyd, Joshy John Boyd, he will really appreciate me calling him Joshy. Uh-huh. And I used to quote to each other all the time because we're broke and roommates for years and years. Uh-huh. And he was in Violet Skies, so it's on topic. Oh, he was okay. in Violet Skies, and he was in the very first edition of Fireflies, which was gotcha. a, basically a Violet Skies reunion. And then he went on to do other stuff, other bands, and be like a fucking awesome chef. He worked all over town. Yep. He's a rad dude, and he's in Montana now. He's my best man. He's really? great dude. Okay. This is a shout out to my buddy Josh Boyd. Anyways, we we used to. Because it often often happens where we're running out of beer. That was just uh-huh. the thing. So you'd come in and be like, "Hey, can I have a beer?" And and Bill Murray's character is like, "It's my last one." And it's like, "We'll split it." Right. <laughs> Which is such a funny line. Just like two uh-huh. adult men being like, "Let's split a beer." It's our last one. Yes. It's such a. It's uh-huh. also really snark. It's it. 
that's like I just remember him playing snarky. basketball in his in his apartment. I'm like the people yeah. below him have been like, the fuck, he's playing basketball. Oh, and then Bill Murray. Like, I I think Bill Murray in real life. And at that time, especially, it was probably super insufferable, uh, but one of those so insanely charming. All the stories I've heard, I'm a comedy nut. Like uh-huh. I really absorb a lot of comedy. I've already referenced several, but he, it, I think he's like w- probably one of the most insufferable people, but also the most charming people. Mm. And if yep. you are, if you are that level of charming, people put up with almost anything. Yeah. Like, like truly, like he, he, you know, right? Yeah, he yeah, apparently yeah. borrowed Lauren Michaels, quote unquote, borrowed Lauren Michaels' car to go to the set of Caddyshack, but he didn't tell him that that's why he was borrowing his car. So they're living in New York, and he was like, "Hey, Lauren, I need a car." to to run some errands or whatever and then he drove it to florida to shoot (laughs) caddyshack i mean if your friend did that you'd be like what the fuck dude like you can't that's just before you stole my car yeah but if you're bill murray uh i mean bill murray can steal my house if he wants right no right Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Luke Burkheader reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. I have written a short screenplay for the Travis Wainhurt Christmas special that Joanna and I filmed ourselves with our phones. Okay. That was, are you familiar with the Travis Wayne Christmas special?